0: You are listening to audio messages from Sunday mornings at Horizon. It is our hope and desire that this podcast would be a useful tool in your growth and in your walk with Christ. If you've not yet subscribed to our various channels, make sure you do so in order to stay up to date with the most current messages. More information about Horizon, as well as notes for this message, can be found at www.horizonweb.org was reading an article and uh, it was called The Six Biggest Betrayals in History. One thing I love about YouTube is the history stuff that I can find and I just, uh, in search for illustrations and things, it leads me on rabbit trails and came across this, The Six Biggest Betrayals. I'm not gonna talk about all six, but the first one, if, if you're looking at numbers of people affected it was a guy by the name of Alfred, I don't know if it's Riddell or what, he's from Austria. And this is right before World War I and during World War I, he was a Russian spy selling secrets to different places, and because of his betrayal of his country, it cost over a half a million lives in Austria because of this gentleman's work. Uh, he was discovered and he committed suicide before he could be arrested. Herod Paul Cole of Britain during World War II. He was second in charge at Scotland Yard uh, and one of the worst traitors of World War II because what he had done, he had taken, he'd planned all the secret pathways for the French resistance and then sold that to the Gestapo, costing 150 French resistance fighters' lives. And probably the most famous historically-wise was Brutus and Caesar, matter of fact, Shakespeare wrote about this. Caesar was loved by the people but hated by the politicians. And so a group of them got together and they planned to stab, assassinate Caesar. And the plan was all of them were to stab him at the same time so no one person could be blamed. The only problem was one of them was Brutus, not only his good friend but relative. And as they went to stab him, he began to fight back, history says, But once he saw Brutus, he stopped fighting and said the famous line, even you, Brutus. So he died by knife wound, but I think he died inside before the the knives actually took his life. Because betrayal, of all the things and emotions we can experience, I think betrayal is the worst. Especially betrayal by a friend difficult to get over. It's hard to trust again. And it leaves a foul taste in your mouth. And Paul today will address a little, the whole aspect of betrayal. Now, we started this a couple weeks ago. We said basically the theme of Second Timothy is hold it high, guard it well, and pass it on. And so throughout the chapters, you're going to see this theme go on. We've talked about The gifts, that the gifts are given to us, but they're not automatic. They need to be fanned into a flame because they're there and God gives them to us to be used by him, but he's not dependent on us. That if we don't use the gift and the calling that we have received, then he'll find someone else that will use the gift and someone else to get his job. His plans are not going to be thwarted because of my choice of not to be involved. God is sovereign. But in giving us those gifts, he gives us resources. Talked about power, talked about love, talked about discipline. Last week it was strengthen your resolve. And we said that you can't live a life committed to Jesus without paying a price. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. And Paul asking Timothy to join him. Join me in the suffering. Join me in what God is doing. Which is a call to each one of us as well. We choose whether we're going to join him. So if you have your Bible, smartphone, devices, we're going to finish chapter 1 off today, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 18. And This is how it reads. What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me. Included these two guys. I don't know how to pronounce their names. You guys can fill in the blank. I have different names than I would call them. Um, May the Lord show mercy to the household of Oniphorus. I'll say that wrong too. Big words like that aren't good with me. So, Because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains... On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Verse 13. What you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Now, Timothy was with Paul for 20 years. He had heard many, many, many sermons. Some of you have been with me for over 20 years. You've heard many, many, many sermons. Now, we have no record of whether Timothy kept an outline, kept, Timothy kept a journal of all those things, because when Paul would preach, he pretty much preached the same thing going through, but also the things that he would said during sitting by a campfire or walking the roads to the next destination. What you heard from me, Timothy, keep as a pattern of sound teaching. This pattern is is like a template. If you go to my shop, I have templates for things, especially for things that I make a lot of. You make a prototype first, and that becomes a template for everything else. Timothy, you've seen the pattern of my teaching. You've seen the pattern of the sound teaching, the sound doctrine that I've had. Now, I need you to keep that. I need you to hold on to that, not just memorize lists. I'm, I, I don't know about you, I'm not good at memorizing things. Uh, I have to usually come up with a song or a tune to get it down and then it quickly loses, leaves my brain afterwards. It's not memorizing he's talking about, it's about internalizing. Timothy, you need to take this, it needs to be, become part of you. It's not something that's just attached to you, it's coming from the inside. It's kind of like reading the Word of God, guys. I'm gonna encourage you, the more you're in the Word of God, it doesn't become this book that you're reading about that you can make mention of some verses. It becomes something that you've placed inside of you, and all of a sudden, situations find themselves, and you're able to draw on those things because you internalize them. That's what Paul is telling Timothy. There are two things in this world that will last forever. One is God's Word. He says that in Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of our God stands forever. Jesus said this in Matthew 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This Word is eternal. It's meant to not only when it was first given, it's meant to be, as Paul says, this pattern, this pattern drawing that you're doing in your mind of what the word of god and hold on to that keep that this is sound teaching this will get you through the difficult times the other thing that's going to last forever is the soul of man daniel 12:2 says multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life others to shame and everlasting contempt jesus in matthew 25:46 then they will go away to eternal punishment, the righteous to eternal life. Our souls last forever. It's the destination that's going to be the question. And here's Paul saying, Timothy, this sound doctrine, this teaching I've given you will make a difference. Not only has it, it will never go away, but the soul of man will never go away. Our message has an impact on where they will be spending eternity. So hold on to that don't let that go take courage that's why do not be timid courage is not possible guys apart from strong biblical convictions unless you have this and it's your own that not someone that you're something your parents have been t- telling you not something that I've been telling you but this is something that is yours it's a strong conviction conviction. That's where courage can come from. But if you don't have strong biblical convictions, it's easy to be timid. It's easy to waver. And Paul knew that. That's why I said, keep this as a pattern of teaching with faith and love in Christ, because this faith is the attitude that I have confidence in God. God's going to see me through. God's going to give me the words. God's got a plan. He's saved and called me, just like we talked about last week. But I need to say this also in love, the right attitude of kindness and compassion to those who I'm talking to, because some of you know that every time you open your mouth about the Word of God, some are going to receive it, thank you, I really needed to hear that. And some are going to say, get out of my face. Why are you always quoting the Bible? Why do you got to bring God into the situation? I've had that way too many times. And the scripture tells us to speak the truth in love that's what ephesians says speak the truth in love and i will speak that truth in love but sometimes people do not receive it in love because sometimes that word is bringing conviction to their hearts that's why paul tells timothy in the next verse verse 14 guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now he used that term guard in last week's passage when I'm trusting God that he's gonna guard what I've given to him for that last day, that he is going to see this through, that I know he's placed a guard, it's not gonna be taken away. But now Paul switches it and says, Timothy, you need to guard this good deposit that has been entrusted to you, guard it. And the emphasis, why do I need to guard it? Why does he say two times? Because there are forces that will actively try to steal the truth that you have, and you're going to have to fight to protect it. Come on, Tim. I mean, really, forces out there. Yeah, from day one, the devil has questioned God's word to Adam and Eve. Did God really say? And he's still doing the same thing today. You hear something and then all of a sudden you see a conviction or I should do something instantly. Really, is that applying today? Should you really take that seriously today? The devil is fully at work. But when you have the world, when you have family, when you have friends that are calling things into doubt... When you share truth, when you share principles, that this is why I'm standing on it, and this is why, and if you have not been attacked, maybe maybe you haven't been attacked because you haven't been opening your mouth to tell people what your view is, but the minute you talk about, this is what I believe about life, this is what I believe about the end times, this is what I believe about heaven and what I believe about hell, and all of a sudden, people will hear that. There'll be those who will respond and enjoy it and take it in, and there'll be those we'll throw it right back in your face. Guys, that's why we have to guard it. Because there are forces always trying to pull it away. If, guys, I believe this Second Timothy is a very pertinent scripture as far as a book for us to study because he's talking about in those end times, people will be easily turned, will be easily persuaded away from will be easily compromising their truth. And that's why Paul said, guard it, Timothy. People are going to try to steal this away. They're going to try to use everything else. You who are going into college, I mean, you think college is a place of learning. College, unfortunately, has become a place of indoctrination where they're not teaching you how to think for yourself. They just want to teach you this is how you need to think. That's why news, that's why everything, it's trying to mold you into the world. And you need to guard it. You need to put a stand and say, I'm not going to allow it. And you better know, have a strong biblical conviction. Because it's going to take courage, and it's going to take more courage. And there's going to be a greater cost. Like I said, guys, you cannot live a committed life to Jesus Christ without paying a price. And sometimes that price, I can handle it from people I don't know. But it's people I do know, and it's friends or family. That is difficult. And usually where the enemy starts to weaken the church, weaken Christian leaders, weaken Christians as they start with the Word of God. Let's twist that. Let's weaken that. Let's just say this is a book about God, not a book from God. And guys, if you think this is a book about God, then you can believe whatever you want. But if this is a book from God then we need to take notice. Paul warned this to the Galatians, Galatians 1, 6 and 7. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And guys, that is what's happening today. That is what's happening in podcasts. That's what is happening in church. This progressive Christianity. Well, you know, we need to adapt to the culture. We need to adapt to change. That has taken place everywhere. Paul warned it back then, and it's still happening today. And you need to have a strong biblical conviction of what the Word of God says. And you need to guard it. So my question is, how secure is his deposit of truth in you? Because it says here, he has entrusted you. I've been, that word has just been racking through my brain for the last couple days. He's entrusted us. I know this one-legged uh, poet that writes, seems to be writing a lot lately, and he wrote this one called Entrusted. Since the beginning of time, man has been entrusted by the creator of all to take care of everything, both big and small. He made his master over every living thing, things that swim and fly, and that which slithers by to the ground they do Over every seed planted from big to small, giving nourishment and joy, God found pleasure in it all. But God didn't stop with things he created. He established laws to live by, and they are never outdated. Laws that are written on the heart of man to love and to cherish is awesome and great plan. His desire to walk with man in the cool of the day has never stopped, even when sin got in the way. He provided a solution before the universe came to be his son on a cross, an empty tomb so that all could see that death has been defeated and all the barriers are now gone for man to walk with him on earth and beyond. This message of hope has now been entrusted to us with the help of the Holy Spirit and that we can trust. Hold tightly to that message. Don't lose your grip and boldly proclaim, for others will try to rip it away, bringing down on us shame. What a gift he has given, the salvation of man. God trusts you to share it. A flame you must fan. God has entrusted you. God has handed you. Now you see that in Genesis of where he's handed creation over to our care. He has handed the message of hope and salvation to you and he's saying, I'm trusting you with this. Guard it. Because people will try to rip it away. Family will try to rip it away who don't understand. Friends will try to rip it away. They will try to bring shame on you. Again, guys, the minute you boldly proclaim these things, there are, it's fantastic. There are those who will receive it with joy, and others will curse your very name. Others will write you off. Others will say, you are dead to me, if you believe that. He hasn't left us alone. He says, guys, guard it. I've been... I've entrusted to you, I've handed this to you, guard it, and I've given you the help of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do this alone. I haven't given you just a slingshot to fight, fight with this. I've given you the Holy Spirit of God. It's like if you, you were given charge of Fort Knox, he's not saying, here's a BB gun to protect it. He said, no, you've got the backing of the entire U.S. armed forces. You've got the Holy Spirit of God, John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus promises, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives in you and will be in you. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, don't forget, the spirit of God is there. You're gonna lean into that. He's there to encourage you. John 16, 13, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's the spirit of God that's inside of you. That's the help he's given you for you to guard that gift that he's entrusted to each one of you as a follower of Jesus Christ. So therefore, go boldly proclaim. Verse 15 says you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me except for these two idiots. Okay, that's my words. And, uh, and remember, this is a personal letter to Timothy. And he called, he, he says, know that everyone in the province has left me, including these two. And we know nothing about them. I guarantee you Timothy did. I guarantee you when Timothy read that, there was part of him going, what? Think of your best friend who stood before you through test and times and hardships and everything, and all of a sudden he deserts you. That feeling, because that's what he's writing. Everyone has deserted me, including these two. It's interesting, uh, Dante's Inferno. Movies have been written about it, books, of course. Where Dante, the whole point of Dante's Inferno is trying to get to the bottom of what constitutes evil. And there's levels. And what's interesting about it, the bottom level, what he believes constitutes evil, last one is betrayal. Betrayal. Betrayal divides, dismantles, and destroys individual relationships, love, and community. I guarantee you, if we raise our hands, most of us in this room have been betrayed. Whether we put it by our job as betrayed a family, a spouse, a child, government, we've all, at some point, experienced betrayal. Something you swear would never happen, because usually... You have trusted that person, that entity. Even the church. I came across this interesting said there is and will be betrayal in the church. But that does not mean betrayal is the church. People want to bag the church. Even as Sunday mornings I pray, I pray for places I've been. Churches and pastors I know. I see them in my mind. Um, I see the countries that they're in, the governments that are doing. And yet as I pray for them, I realize that the church will never go away. Uh, But people... Choose to stay away because maybe someone in the church betrayed him, or maybe a pastor betrayed him, and so therefore everything about the church we need to chuck. And guys, again, this statement, there's always going to be betrayal. And you're going to find it in the church. You'll find it here. But the church, his church, is not betrayal. And Paul is dealing with this, everyone has deserted me, even these two, Timothy. And I, I, I want you to kind of crawl in and feel Paul as, as he's chained in a prison to a guard in a stinky place. And the only one who hasn't abandoned him is, is Luke. We, I can say be careful of who you associate with. Paul tells us that. Do not be misled, bad company, corrupts good character, and that's true. Be careful in choosing your friends. I guarantee Paul was careful here, and I guarantee you, Paul would have bet money that that wouldn't have ever happened. But it did. And that's why when he talks about hold on, Guard this. It's been entrusted to you. Because people close to you will turn away from this. But you, Timothy, don't do that. Second Timothy 1.16 says, May the Lord show mercy on the house. Uh, this one that a whole book is dedicated to. is written about Philemon. And what I love about his name, his name literally means prophet bringer. How many profit bringers do you have in your, in your life? People because they're in your life. I love how the message puts it when it says he re- about on this, he, that he refreshes me. The Amplified Version said he's a breath of fresh air. Do you have friends like that? There's just something about them you look forward to seeing them, even after you haven't seen them for a while. Just sitting with them is a breath of fresh air because you know they're there for you. And it's interesting. He brings him up after listing the other two who abandoned him. Everyone has, but not. On- I'll just call him Oni because I'll say his name differently every single time, or the one. Verse 17 says, On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Remember, Rome had burned down. And to find him in the midst of the chaos had to be worked. And to find a prisoner, he was risking to be put in prison himself. But he searched hard for me and he found me. What joy that must have been when he says, He refreshes me of the smile on your face. You know, I know you have people like that. I challenge you, if you have people like that, to honor those people. Tell them, hey, I got a, you're the profit-bringer in my life. You're the one who brings refreshment to my soul. I guarantee you, I, when I was on break, I wrote a poem entitled, listed by that name. And I was able to send it to friends who are my refreshers, who refresh my soul. And what is needed, and what he he says here, may the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. He's not worried about his salvation. Because, guys, when we stand before God someday, it's not our sins that we're going to be held accountable to. Those have been forgiven and forgotten. They've been dealt with. On that day we stand before him, we will give an account We will give account of what we did with the time, what we did with his gifts, what we've done with the talents that he's given us. And he's saying, on that day, may the Lord show him mercy. Knowing that he wasn't always a follower of Christ, knowing that he probably wasn't always doing the right thing. But Lord, may you show him mercy. For you know very well how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Warren Wearsby, a writer, says this. The essentials for a successful ministry have not changed. Courageous enthusiasm, shameless suffering, and spiritual loyalty. Some of you that know me the best know that loyalty is number one for me. Um, it always has been. I just who I am. Uh, I will tell every future staff that I'd ever hire, and ones. Hey, guys, just tell me the truth. I can handle the truth. Just let me know what's going on. My kids know. Don't, you know, don't lie to dad. Just tell him. I'll deal with the truth. But loyalty is huge, and I love that. Courageous enthusiasm, shameless suffering, because we will, if we're living that life that He calls us to live, in spiritual love. Courage is not possible apart from a strong biblical conviction. Guys, I encourage you not just to read your Bible. Make the Bible a part of you. And the only way that's going to happen, it has to be given in a, taken in on a regular basis. May your kids see you read their, the Bible it was fun. I, I, my kids were joking because normally I don't bring my big Bible on vacation but I wanted it this time and uh, it, it's mighty weighty uh, my Bible is and so much so that I had to take it out of my big bag so I, the bag would make weight at the airport and my kid was, I, I forgot whether it was Mike or Justin said well dad it weighs so much not just because it's a big Bible because all the writing you've done inside of it it's all the wink that, uh, ink that's weighing that thing down and it is, and I hope someday my kids fight over who gets dad's Bible. Yes, guys, courage is what's needed to live this life of faith in today's world, but if you don't have a strong biblical conviction, you'll be easily swayed. There are forces that are actively at work, Satan himself, his demons, and there are the forces of this world who are trying to conform you into its image. And you have to hold on. You have to guard that which he's entrusted to you. Do not let it go, because it'll always constantly wanna be watered down, and that's not what it means. And even this last week, I was sitting with a friend and he said, which was a nice thing to say because there was someone else bad mouthing me and his statement was what do you expect he's a pastor he lives he lives this stuff which made me feel good that he believed that which I, I, I do but I was being bagged because of my convictions and guys I'm going to tell you when you stand up whether it's in your with your friends with your family in your neighborhoods, at your jobs. There are forces there who want to try to take you down. That's why. And make you give it up, water it down, don't believe that stuff, compromise it, guard it. And there will be those that will betray. The Apostle Paul, everyone, We'll experience that at some time. And that's why it's so difficult because the betrayer comes at us because they're usually, if they betray us, we've allowed them so close they know us. And it's difficult to get over. You can because your focus is, much like Paul says, ah, but there was one <laughs> who refreshed my soul. Encourage you to let the ones that are those refreshers, those profit givers to you, let them know that. And my charge to you this morning is is how secure is that deposit of truth in you? How secure is it? You need to become a student of the word, guys. I'm going to beat that drum till the day I die. You got to be in the book. You've got to be a student of it. You've got to learn. I'm learning things all the time. I'm reading a book right now that I guarantee is going to be a, be a future series on the knowledge of the holy by A.W. Tozer. It's been a fascinating read. Short chapters, which I love. And I just take a chapter a day. I thought about it. I'm going to buy this book for everybody here. You guys need to read this book. But then somebody says, do you think people will really read it? I don't know. So don't be surprised if it gets handed out to you. Because it's just talking about the attributes of God. And every chapter, I have a hard time not underlining the whole dang thing. As my friend said, yeah, buy the book, but you better give them four highlighters because I've already burned through two. Um, Become a student of the Word of God. Secondly, surround yourself with people of strong biblical convictions. as your mama always said you're going to become like the people you hang around with, right? And actively, actively defend the truth in faith and with love. You guys more never. we need people who are will being willing to open their mouth. In love, to speak the truth. and why you hold on to that knowing full well there will be people who will not take that. And sometimes the hardest are the friends and the family. That's not my job. I, can't, I can not lace it with love as much as possible and allow the Spirit of God to work in their lives. You just never know time-wise. I have a brother named Steve who we didn't have the best relationship growing up. Six kids, everyone chose, chooses sides, and Steve and I usually came head to head on things. Um, there have been times when I would take him out to lunch, um, and I'd bring up the things of God, and that was thrown instantly in my face. What? I knew when, when you're always bringing the things of God about, brother. I was just asking you, man. I, you know, we were raised in the same background and everything, and. But now, and I know I've told you because of this, as he watched me walk slowly through this, all of a sudden, the changes in the relationship that I've had with my brother Steve has been immense. He's one of those brothers that I love, I mean, not just brothers, but one of those people I look forward to talking to. And when he moved to Texas, uh, two years ago now, as we sat in my driveway crying, I would never have thought I'd be weeping to see my brother Steve Lee. Because I missed, I I missed that time of togetherness. So surround yourself, actively defend the truth in faith and love, because you never know those seeds that you plant, how much later they will grow. Hold it high. Guard it well. Pass it on. Father in heaven, I thank you for a day that you have woken us up, got us dressed, gave us breaths. You're not done with us yet. Help us take advantage of that. Father, I pray that we would be a people, we'd be a church that is holding tightly, guarding well that which you have entrusted to us. May we not let it go. I thank you that the Holy Spirit of God is there to protect it, but I've got to hold on to it too. Help me grip the Word of God and continue to be a student of it. Help me surround myself with people who believe the same. Thank you for this church. Father, thank you for so many people in my life that has been refreshers to our soul. We have truly been blessed. Help us to hold your truth high. Help us to guard it well. And help us to pass it on and tell others. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org.